Welcome to the Suicide Prevention Show, where we are making suicide, especially teen suicide, a thing of the past. And I'm super, super happy that you are joining us on the show. This particular episode is one I have looked forward to for quite some time because this lady is amazing. And she's going to share with us a journey that most of us as parents have probably touched on, some of us have really lived through, and it's how to raise a challenging child. And let me tell you what, this lady challenges me on every area that we intersect, whether it's about kids or it's about my company. So I'd like your help to welcome to the studio, Miss T.C. Clark. So let's see, where are you? Unmute. Um, Katie, there we go. All right, so we've got the co-host thing going on. There you are, TC. Hey. Hi. Hi. How you doing? I'm doing really well. Oh my goodness, you look gorgeous. Thank you. You're welcome. TC, I am so, so grateful that you made time to come on the show because I know what your schedule's like. <laughs> you know, I, I first met you because someone said, oh, you need to talk to TC. And, you know, it was all about my business. It was all about my marketing message. You know, you worked with myself and my daughter, Katie, and you gave us a real sense of clarity. And along the way, you shared a story about what it was like raising your son. And I was like, Oh my God, you have a method of explaining things, especially around parenting, that I just had not really ever heard before. So knowing that that's part of the challenge, especially when we're talking about teen suicide and we're talking about what's, um, what's in the way of us actually being able to interact with our kids mm -hmm. in a way that's effective, your no-nonsense approach, I appreciate it. So thank you for being willing to- to uh, no problem. Yeah, so now tell us about the world according to TC. Okay, mm -hmm. so first thing that I wanna clarify mm -hmm. is I'm talking about a willful child. Um, if you have a child that is not in your face, that is not the child that I'm describing, you can use some of the things that I do, but not all of them. Okay, so the first thing I explain to everyone is um, I raised my son based on gravity. So you don't argue with gravity. Um, you don't get, um, gravity just happens. All right, there's no fighting it, there's no arguments, there's no discussion, okay? So- How, Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on. How old was he when you first realized you were dealing with a willful child? Three or two. <laughs> Yeah, three. You know, you know, um, they are fearless. Um, they will talk to anybody. Um, they will argue with you. Um, I remember him being a toddler and me telling him to finish your dinner. And I says, and he goes, well, I don't, you know, I'm saying no. And I says five bites and he goes three. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> So you got to realize that you know that you have a child that is going to challenge you. Um, it is going to look at the world very differently. Um, and so what happens is I will share one thing very quickly about this is um, one thing that Bob told Dane and I once he was in his 20s uh, was that if it, we hadn't been his parents, he would have been dead or in jail by 18 um, because he, we were immovable. Okay, we were immovable. So when I explain to people about using, so for example, it's the difference between driving into a brick wall and going over the speed limit. We all go over the speed limit. We don't drive into brick walls normally. So when you're raising a willful child, you have to have brick walls only. You cannot have speed limits. You cannot have, um, I never ever counted one, two, three. I never had a negotiation, there was no negotiations. And I took myself out. 
So what I mean by that is it wasn't my rules. It was gravity. You do X, Y happens. I'm sorry, you did X, Y happened. So, so I had so, nothing to do with me. So it's not you do X and then I'll do. It's you do X and Y happens. It just happens. So I'll give you an example. One of the things that was so funny is, is that Bob thought that the car would not run or there was something happened with the car if he didn't have a seatbelt off. So if he took his seatbelt off, all of a sudden I do this to the car. Oh, oh my God, you have your seatbelt off. And then I'd start slowing the car down and the car would stop and the car didn't go. And I just, you know, you don't have your seatbelts on, car doesn't run. Simple. I, I, your, your brain is so fascinating to me because I don't think there's a class you can go to where you could learn that. The thing is that because I was so, I understood him so well, mm. you know, I just didn't negotiate. I just had you do X, you do, you know, that kind of thing. So, so for years, he really truly thought the car wouldn't run if you didn't have your seatbelt on. Okay. Now, one of the things that people will talk to me about is they'll say, um, well, what happens if other people have other rules? You follow? Because my friend can do this, but I can't. He'd come and say, I says, oh, he's not a clerk. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're a clerk. Oh my God. He's not a what we are. I'm sorry you're what we are. That's I'm like, don't argue with reality. You're, <laughs> you're a clerk. Okay, I got it. You know, kind of, mm -hmm. you know, and then he goes, well, that's not fair. I says, well, it's not fair that you have blue eyes. <laughs> not fair that you have blue eyes. It we just Everything is. So for example, he came home one day and he was probably around nine <laughs> and he came and told us, he goes, I, my teacher, my new teacher is just evil and she's going to lie about me and I can't get along with her and she hates me and blah, 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 blah. And he, he went on. And so my husband looks at him and he goes, Whatever your teacher says, we're going to believe. Well, what if she lies? We will believe her. But that's not fair. Okay. This is just getting you ready for when you have an asshole boss. And then he walked away. You know, when he was 17, he uh, was telling us how much he hated us. He went into very vivid detail. Okay. And my husband's reading the paper and all of a sudden he stops paper and he high fives me and he looks at me and goes, you're not supposed to like us. We're your parents. <laughs> you know, that understanding that you and your husband have that one line would save the sanity in many households. It would be. You're yeah, people just don't, one of the challenges I have, so I was um, mentoring somebody and she had a uh, three or four year old, very little, very little kid um, that was biting mm -hmm. and she could not get them to stop biting. Okay, she could not. She said, I've tried everything. I said, hmm, give it a week. I could stop her biting within a week, maybe less. And she goes, no, you can't. Oh, yeah, real simple. And by the way, her child was a willful child. Do you get what I'm trying to say? We're not talking about a sensitive child. You're talking about a willful child. Okay. Um, so I says, okay, well, first thing you need to do is remove all the TV. First of all, I asked her, what does she like? And she said, well, she really likes to watch TV. I said, all the TVs have to be removed out of the house. So her, they, okay. And when she asked where they are, you say, oh, I'm so sorry, but little girls that bite can't watch TV because they probably are finding something on the TV that's making them bite. And she goes, well, how long? I says, I don't know. Let her decide. So she told her that. And she's four. I mean, she's little, she's a preschool. And she goes, and she says, um, well, when is the TV coming back? Well, I don't know. Well, what do you mean you don't know? Mom, where's the TV? Like I said, little girls who bite can't watch TV. And they just walk away. No discussion. You cannot discuss it. You cannot negotiate. Just they can't. I'm sorry. 
So, so a sidebar on that, people used to ask me, did you ever ground your son? I said, never grounded my son. Because for, as far as he was concerned, it was, if you said, if I was going to ground him, he'd say, okay, can I do the time? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. <laughs> and, and so he, he was working he that would, He backwards. would figure it out in his mind, is this, is it worth the time, right? Mm -hmm. So no, we just had things that, that happened. So, so. Okay, so a day went by and her daughter comes and says, so mom, when's the TV coming today? I don't know. And just walked away. Didn't engage. Well, pretty soon her, she goes, okay, mom, I'm not going to buy it anymore. Okay. Walked away. And she goes, well, where's the TV? Well, how would I know that you're not going to buy it? And she's like, walk away. Do you get what I'm doing here? So the daughter comes, she goes, well, what if I don't buy it today? She goes, well, that'd be a start, but that's only a day. All right. So every day she would come home from school, she would come and tell her mom, I didn't bite today. I, I understand, but you have to understand if you, if you can't bite at all. And I don't know if you could not bite ever again and then walked away. So she just kept doing this. So about four days, her daughter goes, okay, if I don't bite for a whole week, Okay, do you think that that might show you I'll never bite again? She goes, possibly. She goes, but you do understand that if you ever bit again after that week, the TV could never come back. Because you would break trust. And once you break trust, it, you can't get it back. Wow, what a life lesson that is. Right, you know, or she goes, and she goes, well, you can't ever get it back. She goes, well, you can, but it takes a really long time. Well, how long? I don't know. And her daughter never bit again. So the point was her daughter made the decisions, not her. And what happens with parents is two things. One, they get emotionally attached. Well, two, there are kids. Wait a minute. Hold it. They get Are we supposed to be emotionally attached? Not to the outcome. If you, ah. if you, you can't be, are you emotionally attached to gravity? Mm, no, other things are attached to gravity, but I would say my emotions are not. That's the point. Okay. You don't, because willful kids are extremely manipulative. So another thing that I had told you a story is, um, I was in a mall and Bob is probably around five. All right. And I turn my back for like a minute. And I turn around and he's got 40 bucks in his hand. And I said, where'd you get that money? And he goes, I asked somebody. You mean you asked somebody? He goes, I go, and why $40? Well, $40, mom, is a video game. I go, okay. He goes, I said, so why did you ask them? I says, well, I told them that you weren't able to get, you wouldn't get me a, you wouldn't get, wouldn't get me a video game. And I says, ah, I said, it wasn't that I can afford it. He goes, well, I didn't tell him that. <laughs> he made it sound like his mom couldn't afford it. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. And I says, so you just asked some random person? He goes, oh, no, mother, you don't ask somebody random. He goes, you know that fancy store over there? You got to see somebody with a lot of bags from that fancy store. You ask those people. He's five? He's five, yeah. Another situation happened. At the time, um, he was in first grade and I worked evenings. So Dane would get up in the morning and we had little things of, of milk and cereals and he basically took care of himself in the morning. Okay. And then he would walk to school, which by the way, he had been doing for months. Okay. Well, he figured out that our neighbor was making full breakfasts for her kids. So he told her that he didn't have breakfast. And then she found out that she was making them lunches. Well, see, we paid for his lunches every month. Okay, you know, at school. So he told her that he didn't have lunch. And then he realized that I made him put his clothes away. And he realized that if he wore the same clothes and hid them, he was starting to wear the same clothes. Now we didn't recognize this, right? And so she called Child Protective Services. 
So I get a call. I call up his teacher, and I'm freaking out because I'm thinking, oh, my God. And I says, okay, Child Protective Services is going to call you. She goes, oh, they already have. And I go, okay. And she goes, well, I told them that he just, he took, that he was playing somebody. So when you have a brilliant child that knows how to manipulate the world, you have to have some very serious walls. So he wouldn't have necessarily had the idea that they would have called protective services, that no. his story would trigger that behavior. No, that, six, he doesn't even know protective services exist. No, he didn't know that. What he knew was I could get a homemade breakfast every morning, plus have two lunches. <laughs> and so here's, I'm going to work that, that situation. And so it was, so when you run into those kinds of things, you have to be really strict and, you know, not, you don't negotiate. You know? I have to ask, what was the gravity for that? I mean, Okay, so the first gravity was that um, we figured out how much money that he had gotten away with, and it was about, we figured about $120, and which was, by the way, three video games, and he had to take $120 in cash out of his stash, okay, and go give it to her, and, you know, she's, and he's crying, and, you know, and she's like, oh, I'm I said, no, you don't understand, you just got taken, you just got conned by a fire. No, he's eight at that time. He got conned by an eight-year-old. Sorry. Okay. So we made him pay her. Okay. Now, the other thing that, here's another one. Uh, we live in California. Love California. And he comes home and he is about 11 years old and he brings me the Children's Bill of Rights, which says we cannot spank him, which says that we have to feed him. And it gives me his list, right? So my husband, I didn't say anything. He comes home the next day, his room is empty to a mattress. All his clothes are gone. They are replaced with thrift store clothes. There is now no groceries in the house. The only groceries that are in the house are corn dogs and ugly, icky vegetables and things I knew he didn't like. Okay, now do realize he ate lunch at school. He snuck over to my parents, got fed. Okay, the kid was not starving, but there wasn't, there wasn't a full grocery. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. Okay. By the way, that lasted for a month. Okay. He kept coming to me and saying, you know, well, what's about groceries? And I'm like, said, we have, I went and got it. Said, we had to feed you. Are you being fed? Said, we had to clothe you. Are you being clothed? Provide shelter. Are you being provided shelter with? You know? I says, you need to understand, you do not live in a democracy in this house. This house is a monarchy. Your dad is the king. I am the queen. You are the subject. Now you will leave and you will go build your own castle and you will be the king and you will find your queen. All right. But that's not happening. So people say, well, you know, I want us to have a, oh, he comes and tells me, we're going to have a family meeting. I says, on what planet? It says, we can have a family meeting when you start paying the bills. You know, the other thing that I have a total disagreement with people, and again, I'm telling you, I, I, I drive people nuts because they're like, well, that's not fair. And I'm like, no, it's not. All right. Children do not have privacy. Period. None. All right. So I walked in on him one day. He's like 14. And he says, you walked into my room and didn't knock. I says, okay. So I told my husband. My husband took his door, took it down. So about a week later, he comes and says, when's my door going on? He goes, well, number one, it's not your door. He goes, because that's my room. I own it, okay? And it's not going back. And it was put on the day we moved. So he knew that when we said things, it wasn't a threat. It wasn't, you know. So one of the things that was very important to me is to be able to go into a restaurant. 
So I started taking him when he was about three and I have, so if he acted up, we left. Now we, and there was no warning. There wasn't like, if you don't behave, we're gonna leave. I would just pick everything up. That's not acceptable or acceptable for behavior for a restaurant, you're obviously not hungry. So he even did it at my dad's birthday party. Have a whole family there. He decides to start acting up. My husband and I start putting things, we paid the bill. And he's like, and my mom's like, and my mom gets up and my dad gets up and the family's getting up and they're all like, don't you dare, oh my God, this is terrible. And I'm like, not acceptable behavior, we left. Now the reason, you, it sounds like I have a lot of stories, but I think these are years apart. Yeah. So what happens is when you do these things, guess what happens? They get it. They get it. There's no, I don't have to fight with him. Okay. So I then he gets, he goes and tells me he's like 13, 14. And he says, well, I'm going to run away. You can't tell me what to do. I says, ah, don't understand. We own you till you're 18. We're responsible <laughs> for you till you're 18. Okay. He goes, well, I'm going to run away. You won't find me. I says, I will. I says, I'll be on the five o'clock news because I'm going to have robbed a bank with your picture. And I, everybody will see you. I'll be in jail. Okay, but you'll be back here. And there was a place in California that was in the middle of the desert. They didn't have any shoes. Staff, nobody had shoes mm -hmm. because you couldn't leave. Mm -hmm. If you're in the middle of the desert, you're not leaving without shoes, right? right? And I had the pamphlet and I says, I'll be in jail. You'll be living here. The day you're 18, we will have a party. But until you're 18, we are responsible. And I will tell you, the only time that my husband ever lost his temper, okay? So he pulled the alarm at the Boys and Girls Club, the fire alarm. And in California, if, the, um, if they hadn't caught it in time, we would have to pay. All right, so he comes back, I am upset, right? I'm not happy, girl. My husband's not upset. Then he asked him, he says, why did you do it? Well, somebody dared me. His father lost his temper. I'm raising a wuss. I'm raising someone who can't think on their own. Ooh. He wasn't mad at me. Now there was gonna be consequences. Don't get me wrong. There, were, there was gravity to that. But my husband's issue was that he didn't, he didn't think about it on his own. That you cannot be a follower. I can see where this could be, have not good written all over it. The other thing too is um, when he went to school, uh, first day of school, walk into, I'd walk into the teacher. Now this is back when cell phones weren't big, mm -hmm. okay? And I'd say, this is my number. You will only have to dial it once. Only one time, you know? So he was getting into it with a kid at school. The kid and him were like tripping each other and you know, kind of stuff, right? So I found the mom after school one day and I said, you know, let's just stop this. And I will tell Bob, he touches your kid again, he's dead. You tell your son the same and we'll be done. And she goes, oh, my son didn't start anything. And your son has been, uh, the teachers has been talking back to teachers and principals and all this stuff, right? So I'm in school the next day. And I am at the principal and I'm hot. But my son talked back to a teacher and I didn't hear about it. That is not allowed in our in our world, okay? And they and the principal says, "Oh no, he would never do that. He had to go get his teacher <laughs> to have the teacher look at me in the face and say he didn't do that because that was like no, you don't do that. You don't do that." So what people got to realize is, and 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 they say, "Well, when do you stop? You don't." So he was 16, and in California. If you touch the bus driver while the bus is moving, it's a felony. It's a very serious thing, right? Well, Bob and the, and, the, and the bus driver were kind of messing with each other, right? And Bob got on the bus and he touched him while he was driving. Now, the bus driver didn't even want to, because he knew he kind of was, it was kind of his fault. Not really, but you got what I'm saying? Yeah, so, he kind of provoked it. They, they yeah, he, he should have, you know what I'm trying to say. Um, so I'm in with the principal 
and the principal's trying to calm me down because all these parents, helicopter parents, you know what I'm talking about, okay? And I says, oh, he won't be taking the bus anymore. Well, it's three miles. I says, I know, he'll walk. And then Bob opens his back and says, you want me to call your dad? Um, so he walked the rest of the year. Logical and natural consequences with a willful child have to be totally in stone is what I'm hearing. The brick wall is a great analogy. Yeah, and they have to make sense. So the point is, you touch the bus driver. You knew you weren't supposed to touch the bus driver. You did. So now we can't have you on the bus. Yeah, I mean, and, and compared to a felony charge, you know, this was a milder consequence, actually. It was. Um, and Last it, one. The other thing is then he got, um, he was 17, got involved in a, got accepted to a great computer class. Well, he decided to see if he could hack it. So he hacked the test just to see if he could. Okay, I get a call. School's freaking out. All right. And uh, they're freaking out because if anybody finds out, they'll lose their funding for this particular program. Mm -hmm. All right. So the consequences of that, and by the way, he's 17. Okay. Was he could not be at a computer until he was 18. I had to drive him to school, pick him up. He had to come. And he, it wasn't grounded, but you had to be next to me because I couldn't know that you, you couldn't go to a friend's house because how would I know that there's not a computer there? You couldn't go to the library. You couldn't go anywhere. Okay. And that was like two and a half months because for him to be 18. And yeah. I literally, we were on, you know, so like one person says, well, you know, did, like I told him, I says, you ever ditch? I go to school with you for a week with bunny slippers and hair and curlers. <laughs> Oh, you know, it, that's a logical consequence. Nature did not put a consequence there, so you did. That's and what you did. That would be enough to deter most young boys from... It, mm -hmm, especially with me as their mother. The, 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 the challenge, the challenge that I'm getting is like the parenting that my parents were equipped to deliver, the parenting that I was equipped to deliver, until I was in professional running a daycare and actually having to take classes in logical and natural consequences, they didn't really exist. So I couldn't have the conversation in advance with my kids about ditching school until I had an education. So I don't know where you and your husband got your education, but yeah, I'm, thank no, God. Here's the thing. I believe that God puts the right things together, right? Yeah. Okay, and um, Dana and I, Bob was a Dana adopted Bob. Okay, and so in fact, this is a just. Some, I want to make everybody smile because everything I'm saying was a smile. But anyways, in California, if you're being if your child is being adopted by a the other the other person, they still have to interview them by themselves. So he comes out and he's like five six years old. And he goes. Mom, would you tell him to stop asking me stupid questions? I go, well, what did they ask you? And by the way, the person's standing there, <laughs> right? And I says, what did they ask you? They asked me if I like my dad. Who likes their dad? That's stupid. Would you tell him we're just making this legal? This is so dumb. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's like, this is so complete. And, and he's just, he's totally, because one of the things that we did is when Dane decided to adopt Bob, we never told him to call Dane dad. We never made it a day, but everybody around his family would say, go get your dad. Is your dad home? So it just automatically happened. Okay. Now this is going to be something that a lot of people are going to disagree with me on. And okay, you do, again, this is a TC opinion, right? All right, so a lot of people ask me, how did you, and how come Bob and Dan are so free, so close? I mean, they really are close. And how did he be able to be a dad? I said, well, a couple things. All right, number one, I was very blessed that the biological father wasn't in the picture, okay? So I understand that people have blended families, you can't do this, but I'm just letting you know my 
what happened with us. Um, I believe in corporal punishment for direct disobedience. So what I mean by direct disobedience is if I tell you to go to your room and you look at my face and you tell me no, I will stop and I'll go, did I hear what I thought I heard? Because teenagers will mouth off, right? And I'll just say, uh, did I hear what I thought I heard? You didn't say no, that you weren't going to your room, did you? I just want to clarify, okay? If they said no again, I don't care if they're foreign, I don't care if they're 16, I will beat your ass and you will go to that room. Okay? Only for direct disobedience. So, and people look at me and they go, well, that's, I said, you don't get it. With a, with a willful child, there has to be something there. If you're going to ground them, if you're going to tell them, there's nothing that's going to let them understand that you don't do direct disobedience. And, you know, in the real world, direct disobedience has bigger consequences. It does. You go get into a police officer, you know, like one of the things that we taught Bob very young, I says, when you see a police officer and they talk to you, you put your hands like this immediately. Okay. And you look at them and you, yes, sir, no, sir. And it is like this. Okay. And I don't care how old you are, you do that. The other thing that, that, so people don't really get that. They don't get that. So I've never, I never had to do that. I was very blessed. Okay. But here's what happened. Um, Bob, but Dane told Bob to go to bed and Bob said, no. And Dane goes, did you just tell me no? And he said, no. Now we haven't even been married yet. Okay. About two months before we got married. So Dane went and paddled his butt. No, walk, walk. And Bob ran up to his room. So, so Dane, I had been at the grocery store. I come back and Dane goes, and, and so Dane went and get the groceries. So Bob comes to me and goes, Dane spanked me. Oh, I grabbed a spoon and I went, wah, 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 wah. And he was so shocked. He didn't even cry. And he goes, he goes, I says, obviously you didn't do it hard enough or you wouldn't be telling me about it. You know, this is, there's a whole comedy routine that Bill Cosby does about how kids naturally know if dad says no, you go talk to mom. Mm -hmm. And how this is how Bill Cosby ended up watching Little Rabbit Foo Foo or whatever on TV. Yeah. And, and, and that whole dysfunction of that compared mm -hmm. to the absolute brick wall that yeah. Yeah. you presented to Bob. He was it's so like, yeah. anybody who wants to know what the hell happened to our culture only has to look at the difference between those two things. Bob would come to me and say, ask me something. And my answer would be, what did your father say? So Dave and I had agreements that one is, let's just say that I wanted Bob not to go to a movie mm -hmm. and Dane wanted him to go. Okay. So I told Bob, no. We would have a private conversation, but I would have to be the one to go back to Bob and say you could go. Got it. So he would never think he could play the two of you against him. He, he couldn't. He, he said it was no fair. He said all my other friends get a chance to play that game and I can never, ever play that game because no, we don't, we don't play that game. Mm -hmm. We don't play that game. All right. That's, you know, it's, that's brilliant. It, it's, a, it's a thing that people don't get right now. All right. So I had a person who had her child at the same time I had Bob. Okay. And at that time I was a single mom and she was a single mom. And she asked me, she goes, what happens when he's bigger than you? I looked at her and go, what? Well, what happens when he's bigger than you and you can't tell him what to do? I go, I'll hire someone. She wasn't, when, he, when her son got to be a teenager, she was afraid of him. Well, had I been single or not, I would never have been afraid of my son. Nah, not happening. Not happening. Okay. So people don't really get it. You know, uh, another thing that happened too is in my world, I'm raised Italian. And by the way, my dad um, adopted me um, and Dana adopted Bob. Okay. Um, but the thing was that um, Ian, he's Sicilian, 100%. Sicilian, okay. So 
women are on a pedestal. So if a woman is walking down the street and a man is walking down the street and the woman's carrying a package, there's an assumption that there's something wrong with the man. Okay, if they're walking together and the woman's carrying it, the assumption is there's something wrong with the man. Something's wrong with him. Got okay? it. I'm All right. You. And I remember um, when I was very little, you know, when I was younger, my brothers being shoved up against the station wagon, my dad yelling at my mom to go get pink barrettes and dresses because my brothers did not empty out my, the car for my mom. And they were six and eight. And my brother and my brother says, it's too heavy. He goes, I don't care if you take one thing out at a time. Your mother does not empty out the car. So one of the things that I will tell people that when you have a willful child, the most important thing that you need to get into their heads is a couple things. Number one, polite. So Bob does not, Bob had, oh, oh and another, let me just stop something. I'm running out of time, so I want to make sure a couple of things. Number one, this is most incredible. So everybody needs to listen to this. I had somebody come to me that is my age, said, I have ADD, HD. I don't know what I'm going to do. I just am so upset about it. And I just don't know. I tried this medication. And I looked at her and I go, that's your superpower. She goes, what are you talking about? Well, Bob was raised and he has it way off the, the charts. Okay, that that is a superpower. Now, if Superman comes into your house and he is not careful with his superpower, he will break your furniture. All right, he was never ever allowed to come and tell me, well, I have ADHD and I can't. It's your superpower. I have it, all right? So people who are making it like, well, you poor thing. No, it's your superpower. It's how you frame it is the most important thing, okay? The second thing is polite, okay? So I remember Bob was, uh, a lady went and opened the door in front of Bob, okay? And Dane grabbed him. And by the way, another thing is when they have ADHD, you must touch them when you talk to them because they will not hear you, okay? So he grabs him and he says, is your arm broken or do I need to break it for you? So he knew to open up the door. The lady kind of, we were at a restaurant one time and a lady comes up, talked to him, he didn't stand up. My husband flipped his chair. Okay, it is inbred in him. Yes, ma'am, no, yes, sir. It is so inbred in him. So now he told me, he says, that saved me because I don't understand social cues. But because I'm so polite, people give me a lot of grace. So you have to let them know that, that polite. The other thing is, and this is for boys, because I, I tell people, you gotta raise boys right, okay? Now, in my household, in, and it's funny, because this was in Dane, Dane did the same thing, he didn't even realize it, okay? My husband is 6'1", he's 270, okay? When he was a teenager, he weighed 200 and he was the same size, like 18. And his um, sister was telling me his mom's 5'1", tiny little thing, right? And Dane, and she's yelling at him, and she's poking at him. And he's like this, yes, mom, yes, mom, yes, mom. So we were raised, the boys were raised, that if you talk to a female and you are upset at all, you must have your hands open like this. Okay, and the reason is you're telling her she's safe. And if you happen to lose it and you go like this with your hand, <laughs> do you know what I'm trying to say? So, so it is very strict in, you know, you cannot make a fist. You must have your hands open. It's okay to be upset and be mindful. Yes. And you're letting her know she's safe. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Okay. That is. So in our world, for a guy to hit a female, okay, they are ponscum. We are talking the world is ending, okay? And I remember Bob was two and he hit me in front of my dad. You know the toddler thing? Mm -hmm. My dad grabs him, throws him up against the wall, his feet are dangling and he gets, he goes, Diocles, do not hit women and you never touch your mother. And I mean, kid I mean, he pissed his pants I mean, he was scared because my dad was intense 
So as he gets older, he comes to my dad and he says to my dad, he goes, what does she hit you first? And my dad said, well, if you're not mad enough to sit on her while you call 911, you're not a man. There is no ever, never, do you ever touch a female. Doesn't mean that there are not consequences of somebody hitting you, but the consequences are the logical consequences. You call, you call the police, you don't, he don't allow her to hit you. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're not, you're not to be the, the victim, all right? But men do not hit women. And so when you figure out these really fundamentals that are non-negotiable, you know, you must behave in a restaurant, you must be polite. You must do this. You must do that. The more that you do those things, it helps them later. He had a great relationship with all his bosses because he knew. You know, these helicopter parents would drive me crazy. I could not imagine if he got fired, I'd be okay. You know? So for example, last thing, here, here's another thing that was really interesting. Um, In-N-Out Burger, everybody's familiar with them, okay? Well, if they've been to California, they're familiar with In-N-Out Okay, if been to California, you know who In-N-Out Burger is. At the time, I remember Bob is 35, so this is over 20 years, about 20 years ago. He wanted to work there. And they do not hire, at the time, did not hire people underneath 18. And he was 16. And I told him, I said, show up every Tuesday, okay? Like clockwork, he did for six months. All right, and he got hired. The, the amount of consistent behavior having positive results. If, if there was anything that I get from listening to you, it is that consistent behavior on the part of the parent leads the kid to a basic understanding that consistent behavior matters. And so this is really quite the conversation, TC. And I super, super appreciate it. I get that raising a willful child leads to you having some amazing stories that you had to live through before they became stories. Yeah. yeah. And people say, well, are you just not emotional? I says, yes, I am. I'm not telling you that there was an emotion behind the door. I just don't hint it. You didn't let it become a weapon. Your yeah. emotions were never permitted to become a weapon in his hands. And when, and you know, my background is I ran a daycare. I would have parents bring kids to me who I knew at home. The kid was running the show. You know, I had a couple of willful kids in my daycare. Um, they are the ones who got me into reading books. There's a great assertiveness training book. This is not a parenting book. It's an assertiveness training book. That's when I say no, I feel guilty. And it's the cure for that in any kind of business situation, any kind of negotiation. If I had not read that book before I had to deal with this kid, you know, where I had the at least understanding of some basic strategies like broken record. Yeah. So I want to tell you a little bit about that. So mm. a lot of people ask me and I say, you don't engage. So your kid comes to you and says, I need the, hey mom, I want the keys to the car. No, not gonna work. Well, why not? Not gonna good, not good night for me. Well, why not? Just not. Well, I'll be safe. Okay. You don't engage. If you engage with a willful child, you will lose. They are way better negotiator than you are. <laughs> you know, I'm realizing that I raised some willful children. And the night that my daughter, after and to my chagrin, I know what I said to her that night. I know what I said. What I didn't do was take the keys back for my car. And she drove on a road that I had said she didn't have enough sense to stay off of in the snow. 
And that's the road she chose that night. And she spun out and took out a fire hydrant. I'm grateful she didn't take out her. Totaled yep. my car. I had consequences for not being able to apply gravity. You know, for not being, at that point, I didn't have the skill to be a brick wall. And I call, I have my names for it. People who train with me know I call it the ballpark. You know, my own ability to be able to do this now for my business, for my adult kids, for my grandkids. This is an ever expanding skill set. I actually have to, I have to really work at TC. And I so appreciate your just unapologetic approach to this was the way to parent a willful child so that the child survives. And is it easy? No, but it's a lot easier than having to deal with the consequences of a willful child without this kind of framework. It is very challenging. It's not easy, okay? Um, but from the outside, I will tell you, people told me that I was a terrible mom, that I was heartless. And, I, and, and I'd look at them and go, uh-huh. <laughs> So last thing to let you get, get a guilt, the, the, the blessing that, that happened to us. So we just think, we decided we weren't going to have any more kids. So I come and tell yeah, my well, mom. I can understand the logic in that. <laughs> but no, we had decided, right? So I go to my mom and I said, mom, we're not going to have any more kids. She goes, thank goodness. So Dane goes to his mom and says, hey, mom, we decided not to have any more kids. And he goes, well, I didn't think you'd have any. <laughs> so I totally get that there are people that get excited about the parenting thing but God put us at the right place at the right time for him because we were very much we were very there but we were very this is the way it is mm -hmm. and there's no negotiation and a lot of parents will tell me well I have more than one kid and I says I can't go there I don't know it I don't understand it okay but I can tell you this if you raise your kids with gravity your life will be easier. It won't be easier in the beginning, okay? And then the last thing I wanna say, is somebody said to me, well, I never did it before. I said, oh, here's the answers, okay? You pick a milestone. It could be the first day of school, it could be their birthday, it could be a new year, something. Got and it, okay, so this, listen up everybody. This is for how you pivot from whatever you've been doing as a parent to parenting with gravity. Right. Okay. So you pick a day. I don't care what it is. It could be the first day of school. It could be there. So let's just say you pick their birthday. All right. And you say, well, eight-year-olds can't do that. You could do that at seven, but you can't do that at eight. Okay. Oh, well, that was 2020. 2021 is this way. Oh, that was for third graders, but fourth graders, this is how it is. Now, it'll take you a little bit more time to let them really believe you, but you have to pick a day and not move. Because if you move after that day, you just told them gravity doesn't work. Gravity, it's not gravity. You know, what's interesting is that these processes, some of them are laid out in a book called The Bully Vaccine. You know, they're, they're, they're explained in the, when I say, no, I feel guilty assertiveness. Jennifer Hancock did a brilliant job of explaining how to be bully proof. And there's one little place in there where she says what to do if your kid is the bully. And what we're talking about is the willful child can easily become a bully and a tyrant if they don't have a framework that holds the line. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a really um, escalating scale. And what you just described is in the bully vaccine as uh, from the psychological point of view of escalation. If you're trying to like get out of an abusive relationship, you know, and, and you, have this thing, you know, no, I'm not, that's not the way it is. That's not the way it is. And it's going to escalate to try to force you to get a reaction. 
And the minute that you give the reaction, you've now set the whole dynamic at a more intense level. And it just gets worse from there. And so what you're talking about is let's just not even allow escalation to happen. It just, and, and the extinction burst, when you catch it the first, at the earliest possible moment, is really mild compared to the extinction burst of a behavior up here. And this is where women who finally leave abusive relationships, it's escalated to the point that the extinction burst is often lethal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, and, 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 and so the last thing I will tell you is this, is this is what I tell everybody, mm -hmm. okay? The responsibility to raise good men is the mother's. Period. The responsibility for men to be good men is wives and girlfriends. My yeah. husband has had upset uh, somebody one time because he said, you understand that women are um, control the world. So if we as, as women as a race decided that if a man hit a woman, he'd never get sex again. We would end spousal abuse right there. Women control the world, you know. So if anybody needs to get a hold of me and they want to talk to me privately, you can. Um, my email address, I, I have no problem putting that out there. And um, or you can find me on Facebook. It is TC, Teresa Clark. And TC stands for Too Cute, Totally Crazy, and Trouble Coming. <laughs> too Cute, Totally Crazy, Trouble Coming. That is a perfect, would it TC cute? Yeah. So whatever you do for your, because um, I don't have an offer. Mm -hmm. Okay. But my offer is that if you are in the process of trying to raise a willful child and you'd love some personal advice, I have no problem. Okay. Just understand that my old company was called Very Direct Marketing. So do not call me if you want me, if you want me to say, you know, they're there because I ain't. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just like, oh, that is so cheesy. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to grab um, your email and we'll put it in the show notes. I'm getting it right now. And we will make sure that people have it. Yeah. This is and have her use the one at tclovescats at gmail.com. Okay. So not the one that I have then. Nope. Nope. I'm on, on my personal. All right. TC loves cats. I will type it right now. Hey, loves cats at gmail.com. Katie got it. She was oh. on. All yeah. right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I've got and the world's best support in the world. Okay. So in the show notes, if you're watching this later, if you're watching the recording, if you're listening to it, the show notes are there and you'll have the email address. TC, that is a very generous offer. I know that you have one of the most giving hearts in the world and that the very directness is something that is so refreshing and I greatly appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. All right. Much. You guys have a fabulous day. We will.